Hi there. Before we get started on the podcast today, I wanted to invite you to join me over on Facebook. We have a Facebook community there that I really think you'd enjoy. It's called How to Market Your Horse Business, and it's just a place where you can connect with your fellow horse business owners and share ideas and talk about what's working and what's not working in the world of marketing for your business. So jump on over to Facebook and look for How to Market Your Horse Business. Now to the podcast. Welcome back to How to Market Your Horse Business with Denise Alvarez. I am so glad you've joined me here today on the podcast. Now, in case you're new to the show, let me just take a minute to share a little bit about myself so you know who it is that's talking to you through the microphone. Now, through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I help horse business owners like yourself create and implement effective website marketing strategies. I'm here to help you build a sustainable business so you can be out in the barn doing more of what you love to do. Primarily, I focus on website creation, from website design to writing the words that actually go on your website, which are so important. I also help with generating leads and contacts through your website and email marketing. I get that websites and marketing and tech can be so overwhelming or even frustrating for many horse business owners. So through a mix of step-by-step strategies, basic how-tos, and simple formulas and methods, I help you not only see what's possible for your business, but I'm also here to guide you through that process so you can make it happen. So that's what we do here on the podcast too. Today, we're actually talking about email marketing. Now, please don't stop listening and think this doesn't apply to you because of what size your business might be. Because really, it's for all business sizes. Whether your horse business consists of just you, a team of two or three people, or a team of 20, this episode will have something for you, I promise. And to help you see that horse businesses of all size can benefit from building an email list, I'm going to introduce you today to a horse business owner that's filled up all of her clinics in the last year just from emailing her list. That's right. No social media or other advertising required. And get this. She had less than 200 emails on her list when this started happening for her. Now, why am I telling you that? Because I know that so often when we hear of email marketing, it's easy to throw it off and think it's just for the big guys. The Apples, the Starbucks, or even the Ariats of the world that I told you about in episode one. Or maybe you think it only works if you're selling a physical product. But let me tell you, that really couldn't be further from the truth. We all have those people we follow or brands we love, and when they have something new, we don't think twice before buying it. When you build an email list of people that actually know, like, and trust you, then they're going to buy from you when they have the chance. And so today, Lindsay hayes Cofell with hayes Cofell Performance Horses in London, Ontario, Canada, is going to help you see what's possible when that happens and how you can do this in your own horse business. I recently helped Lindsay through a website redesign, and I was so impressed by her attention to detail and her understanding of general marketing concepts. She's not here to tell you she's a marketing expert, but I can tell you she's one of the few horse business owners out there that gets marketing and gets horses at the same time. This conversation is so rich and packed with tips you're going to be able to apply in your business starting today. So let's jump into my conversation with Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I'm so excited to introduce you to all my listeners. 
Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. I'm flattered that you asked me to be on the show. Oh, well, it was a natural fit. We've had such great conversation um, about email marketing. And um, I just, I'm really excited to kind of pick your brain today. And I think that all the other horse business owners that are listening are really going to have some good things to take away from our conversation. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Okay. So to start us off, would you just tell us all a little bit about your background and the business that you've built with your husband, Jess? Sure. So, um, Jess and I breed, raise, train, show, and sell reining horses mostly. Um, we do a little bit of ranch riding and cow horses as well. Um, and generally it's Jesse doing the training. He does a little bit of shoeing. It's me doing the lessons. I organize the clinics and do all the paperwork. And now I guess you could say that I do marketing. It's kind of become a big part of the business more recently. We have um, 50 acres and we have typically one or two employees that are working for us, cleaning stalls, saddling horses, uh, medicating, manes and tails, all that kind of stuff. We have about somewhere between 40 and 50 lesson students every week, 10 and 15, 10 to 15 training horses. And um, we're typically giving somewhere between 18 to 20 clinics per year, um, all different kinds of things from, from reining and ranch riding and cow horse to equitation clinics. And then we're also off to horse shows generally. We're, we're mostly showing with the NRHA, a little bit with AQHA, a little bit with a local um, cow horse club. And every once in a while, we go to a club show as well. So we're, we're busy. It's busy around here. Yeah, I would say so. That is a lot and extremely impressive. Um, the amount of work that you all are able to do with such a small team, which I know a lot of our um, listeners are going to be in the same boat. Yeah, we have to be able to do a lot of things in this industry, I think. <laughs> it's just the way that it goes. Yeah, that's a good point. You wear many hats. And so you said specifically for you, um, marketing has become something that you've taken on. And and I said, as I introduced you, that that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here because you are one of the few horse business people out there that you get horses and people, and then you actually understand marketing um, and you have a, just a good feel for it. And as I worked on your website this summer, I was just really impressed by that. And the fact that you actually care about building your email list, which is something that is a nuance that a lot of people... Um, haven't quite grabbed onto. And so that's what we're talking about today is specifically email marketing. And so I would love to know what made you actually think along the way I should start working on an email list or was that even a thought? How'd you get to thinking that was something you wanted to do? It wasn't really a thought to be honest. I, um, after I had my second daughter and I realized how much less time I was able to spend in the barn and doing things, I knew that we needed to be able to grow the business. And I knew that we needed to be able to do it where I was working less. So Jesse and I both have a lot of enthusiasm for our work. And I don't think either of us really realized how many hours we were spending working ourselves. And yeah. with a young family, it just became um, really obvious to me that we needed to be able to do trade less time for money, basically. Um, and I like to listen to podcasts when I'm doing housework. 
I don't love <laughs> doing housework. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so find um, something enjoyable, huh? Yeah. So I found that that was a good way for me to pass the time. And I I can't remember how I got onto some of these marketing podcasts. I find um, business podcasts really inspirational. So I think that's probably, you know, one thing kind of led to another. But I heard from a lot of these professionals that were doing um, podcasts about marketing that the strength of your business is directly tied to your email list. And some of them even go that like the energy and the strength, the sustainability of your business is all tied to your email list. And some of them even go as far as to say that your bank account is directly tied to the wow. number. Yeah. So that was the first thing that really got me thinking because I had never thought about using an email list before. I don't really email my clients typically before the email list. I didn't typically email my clients ever. I didn't have a newsletter. I didn't have, you know, anything like that. Um, but that's kind of where it came about, I guess. That's, that's awesome. And I love that you said it wasn't something um, that you typically do, but you heard it and you thought, well, I can do that. Cause a lot of people hear it and think, well, there's no way I can do that, you know? Um, and so just kind of run the other way. Uh, remind me about how long ago that was, by the way. That was only about a year ago. That was like okay. almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I shared as I introduced you actually um, about some of the success that you've experienced with that. And so, yeah. so I just want to remind everybody that's listening. Um, it's never too late to start. And she started um, about a year ago and just, would you say, would, correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, the clinics that you've had since then, since you've started emailing those out, you haven't even had to post on social media because they filled up from your email list. That's right. Yeah. That right. That's so yeah. cool. From a small yeah. list too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's right. You said less than 200 at the, at the time of recording, right? Or at the time, was it this summer maybe? Yeah. I think, um, when I first started it, I only had, when I first started, I only had 40 or 50 mm-hmm. and I was able to fill the clinics are not large that we're giving their clinics with 10 people, but we were filling them even with only 40 and 50 people on the list. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're, I think we're just over 200. So it's not a huge list, but um, mm-hmm. it's a really powerful list. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, um, backing back up again, uh, what were some of your first steps to get that ball rolling? What did you do um, just as your first step? Uh, well, it kind of was a natural progression from the podcasts. I think I was getting some, I was signing up for some other email lists and Mm -hmm. I was getting some free tips and mostly social media things because that's where I had been focusing, um, -hmm. before that. So I eventually signed up for, not eventually, it really hasn't been that long. I signed up for, um, a course about, email lists and building your list. And I went through this course. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to get a lot of pieces put together. You know this because you've seen it. I was able to put a lot of pieces together. I was able to download the software and, um, you know, pay the subscription fee and get the software, you'll have to correct me here because I don't remember what it's called, but basically the host for the email list. Um, yeah. 
So, well, yeah, the service provider, the like service the we, provider. marketing speak, email service provider. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and to explain that for anybody listening, because that might even be like a what the heck kind of moment. Um, when you go to email 40 or 50 people, you're not going to want to do that from your own personal email account. So you're not going to want to open up an email and start emailing 40 and 50 people and just blind carbon copy everyone. Um, because I try not to go too advanced, but you'll end up in people's spam folders essentially, because that's exactly what Gmail and Outlook and all of those other places are going to think you're doing. They're going to think you're just spamming people, even though it's people that actually did want to hear from you. So that is why when you start into the journey of email marketing, you actually do want to find an email service provider like MailChimp or something like that is a lot of um, help because you can go in there and put all those email addresses and then it will send it out and Gmail and Outlook will think you emailed them one at a time, even though you really didn't. So a little bit of insider info there for that. That's, I didn't actually know that. I just knew that I needed to get one of these things <laughs> and that it would make my life easier because they yes. have templates already made up that I could mm -hmm. enter a little bit of stuff into and then it would be ready to send out. And I knew that these had the capability to um, bring people through a link onto the list and customize my logo and everything without me having to do that and right. all kinds of things, all kinds of things that make my life easier. Right. Exactly. Yes. In addition to the technical part, it does make your life easier. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you said you started with 40 or 50. Were those your um, existing clients and customers or how'd you get that, that list? Cause you know, for a lot of people they're going, I've got their name in my phone and I text them. That's about as far as I've gotten. So how'd you even get their emails? So I, before starting this whole process, I hated the idea of email lists. I hated being on one. I hated feeling like I was being spammed. I was so, had such an aversion to email lists. And through the podcast that I was listening to in this course that I took, um, I, I learned that there are a lot of emails, email lists that are providing great value. And I wanted to I, I wanted to make sure that I was doing it the right way with my clients. I didn't want them to feel like they were being spammed. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even go into my address book and add people, which I don't think you really can. I think, isn't that illegal to add? People? Yeah. You have to really ask permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't even go into my existing address book and add people. I just put, um, something on my social media and just said, Hey, we're starting this email list. Um, it's going to be a better way for me to be in touch with you guys. And from now on, all of our clinic information will be sent out here. So if you want to get on the list, here's the link. So I didn't do a freebie. I didn't do anything salesy at all. I just put it up there and just said, Hey, here's the link. If you want to join, this is where you're going to get all of the info first. Awesome. That's fantastic. And the fact that, um, you had that many sign up just, I think is a testament to the business you've built, to be honest, and a good reminder to people listening, like your reputation does matter. And when you start to decide to do your email list, um, then people will want to hear from you, even though you're afraid you're spamming when they sign up for your emails, it's because they want, they do want to hear from you. Yeah. So tell me about your first email. What did you actually put in it? Cause I know people are going, okay, I don't even know what I would put in an email that I would send out. So what was it like building out your very first email? Well, it was 
It was okay. It was um, a template that was in the email service provider and it was uh, basically just a thank you for joining the list. So it was just, we could enter in a picture. I put a picture in there, thanked them for joining the list, told them that there was going to be a lot of things that we were building for 2020 and um, that they would be the first to know. I can't actually remember whether I gave them the clinic information in that first one. I think that first one was just a straight thank you. Um, And then I followed up with clinic information because that was what I had promised was if they wanted to get in on um, email or sorry, on clinic information first, that that was where they needed to head. So a bunch of clinic information and I did a discount on um, a 10% discount on some of our sweatshirts or apparel. So they got a discount code in that email, which I thought was cool. (laughs) That is a way to go. That's advanced (laughs) for a lot of people. Um, But what I also heard you say though, is that even though you didn't provide a freebie, you did make it seem exclusive or sound exclusive. So if you want to be the first to hear about the clinics that we're putting on, then you're going to have to be on our email list. So, um, so for listeners, that's a takeaway for you also is when you think about that, think about why they would even want to be on your list in the first place. So don't make it all about you. Um, the trainer or the lesson barn owner or whatever business you might have, don't make it about you, but think it about the people that you're going to be emailing Um, why would they want to join your list in the first place? What can you do to make it super valuable experience for them? Mm -hmm. So that was a really good idea. Um, So we talked about this um, briefly, Lindsay, but you started out with a pretty small list, but you have a very mighty list. Um, They're highly engaged. Again, engaged just meaning they actually take, they take action. They open your emails and they take action. Um, when I was building your website this summer and I asked for some testimonials, um, it was very obvious that the people there love and trust you. And so that's, that's why they wanted to be on that list because they're like, give me more of Justin Lindsay. Um, and I think a lot of, um, horse business owners out there should remember that to, to, um, not necessarily capitalize on that, but just to recognize it, to recognize that they're coming to you because they value what they're getting and they trust you. So you might be one of many horse trainers in the area, um, but they're coming to you because they identify with you. So you might be thinking, well, I can't send out emails because so-and-so already sends out emails and I'm sure they're already saying all the stuff I would say. But that's not necessarily true because they're coming to you because they trust you and you teach in a way or you train in a way that might be a little bit different and that they identify with. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think, I know I heard somewhere that um, it only takes 100 perfect customers for a really successful business. And I think that was something that I really took to heart when I started doing the email list and and you know, experimenting with some different things is I don't have to try to attract tens of thousands of people. I just need to Mm -hmm. try to really serve and really focus on those people that those hundred, 100 perfect people. And I Mm -hmm. think that most people in most horse businesses have a client or two, or maybe a handful even that will just support them no matter what they do. They're almost like family. They're their biggest cheerleaders. And that was basically who I wanted to serve, um, Mm. was those people, those people that back us and, um, you know, really inspire us to do better with our work. Um, 
So that was kind of who the email was, was the email list was engaged, was made for. Yeah. That's, that's so good. That's a great point. And I love that you had that in mind, that you had an intention in mind. Um, you had a goal in mind. Okay. So let's say the people that are listening to us right now, they're saying that's great, but I'm not exactly into technology. I would rather be out in the barn. I'd rather be on the back of the horse than trying to figure out how to send an email. Um, and you often have said the same thing, uh, but still you sat down and figured it out. So what would you say to the horse business owner that's listening right now? That's actually saying that exactly that. That's great for you, Lindsay. But even if I had all the email addresses of the people I've worked with and they said, yes, send me an email, I don't know what to do. Well, they need to hire you. (laughs) 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 They need to hire you to do it. I promise, friends, I didn't tell her to say that. (laughs) No, she didn't tell me to say that. I mean, I went a really roundabout way. I didn't know that there was somebody like you that would be able to do it and personalize it and do it to such a high level for me. So I started, you know, taking these courses and listening to these podcasts and I spent all of these hours and a bunch of money on these courses to try to do it myself. Um, and realistically, it probably would have, would have saved me a lot of time, time that I could have spent in the barn. Um, teaching lessons or, or riding or whatever. Um, I could have saved that time and that money by paying somebody. I mean, I didn't even know that there would be somebody that specialized in horse marketing. That wasn't even on my radar to try to look for somebody like that. But, um, I think that would be my biggest tip would be find somebody who can help do all the really hard time consuming stuff for you and then set it up in a way that it's super easy because filling in the blanks for the email is actually very easy. Um, And it's actually fun. You know, that part is actually fun. It's all the other stuff that's really challenging and, and then time consuming. And the other part of that is that a lot of us have country internet. A lot of horse people, we have terrible <laughs> country internet. <laughs> a huge source of frustration. So my probably my biggest suggestion would be to find somebody that can really help you get it set up to a point where you can then run with it. That's, that's actually super insightful. Um, because I especially think if someone's listening to this podcast and they're, they've bought into the idea that, okay, I do need to do a little bit of marketing, um, for my horse business. I want to help it grow. I want it to be sustainable. Um, but maybe they're not quite ready to, you know, go invest in everything being custom and they can certainly DIY some things. Um, but just like people send you horses to get trained because you're the horse trainer, um, then it makes, it's the same thing to find someone who kind of knows what they're doing and can hand it back to you. Like you said, and say, okay, here's your template. Here's, this is set up, you know, video. I'll oftentimes do video trainings for my clients and say, you know, or I'll do a zoom training and and just let them record it. So they have it um, so that they can just see the setup and see the step-by-step process and things like that. Um, Actually in my next episode of the podcast, I even talk about that, about how I've learned that just working with horses again, personally, and how important it is to have someone that knows more than you that you can go to and ask questions and things like that. So, um, and then certainly learning to apply it yourself is always important, but that's super interesting. 
Okay. So let's fast forward. When this episode publishes, you're actually going to be in the middle of your very first launch of Momentum, your new online membership experience. And I'm way excited about this. I know it for some people, they might be listening, thinking I'm really not even sure what that means. I'm still just grappling with the idea of email marketing, but I definitely could not bring you on the podcast and not at least talk about this. Um, So tell me a little bit about Momentum and how that even came to be. Yeah, it's a really exciting project. I'm really excited about it. So we, uh, as I said, we do a lot of clinics and I was finding, we were both finding that there were a lot of questions that we were getting over and over again at clinics and at lessons and at horse shows. You know, we'd spend the whole lunch break and a couple of hours after every clinic answering questions about joint care or answering questions about bits and bridles. And it just seemed to be that there were a lot of things that people wanted answered that were not um, not entirely things that we had planned to cover in the clinic. You know, if we were mm. doing a ranch riding clinic or something like that, we don't always plan to cover joint health. But there was a lot of, a lot of questions like that that we were getting repeatedly. We, and the same thing with my riding lessons. You know, people are there for a riding lesson. I can't always teach them if they're here for one hour for a lesson, I can't always be teaching them how to um, bandage or how to give oral medications or um, all kinds of things. Even like, you know, if they're struggling with understanding a concept, a lot of times it's handy for me to get on the horse and show them. And that takes up a lot of their ride. That ends up taking a lot of their riding time. So we decided to put together this online resource that would act as a supplement to the services that we already provide. So it would be a supplement for people who have their horses here in training and then are taking them home and are looking for guidance for people that are showing with us that want additional guidance. Maybe they're coming from a distance and they can't be here as often as they would like to be. Um, For people that are in regular lessons, but really want to try to progress at a faster rate. Um, And people that just, that maybe don't take lessons with us or, or show with us or have training horses with us, but they would like the opportunity to learn from us. So we kind of put this into uh, uh, the vision is to put it into an online resource where people can go for answers to all of those kinds of questions um, and, and have a visual, have a visual type of learning. And it's, I think it's really awesome because it has kind of the best of both of our skills. We're kind of combining our two skill sets We're also providing the horse health side of things. Jesse's providing some insights about shoeing. Um, It's kind of a really well-rounded program that way, as opposed to somebody looking for, you know, help with, let's say, stopping their horse, getting the sliding stop just right, and they're searching YouTube, and they're getting one piece of advice from one trainer and another piece of advice from another trainer, and that's maybe different from what they're getting from the trainer that they're riding with regularly. So that's kind of the idea with it, and then the the other 
part of the membership. So they're getting a, a series of videos and writing plans and um, access to a library library of information. And then there's also a community component where everybody's encouraged to be sharing their riding logs and any of the wins that they're having in their riding and questions about things and supporting each other. And it's really, it's really a cool thing. I could go on and on about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Honestly, as you were talking, what I'm thinking is, okay, this is going to be a whole nother podcast episode on another day, another time. We're just going to talk about momentum and memberships for horse businesses and how they could do that. Um, so yeah, no, I love that so much. And what I love is that you all listened to what your customers were telling you. You were hearing that they wanted and needed more from you all. Um, but you couldn't physically do more than what you were already doing. We heard in the beginning of this episode what you guys are doing, and it's a lot. Um, So this allows you to continue doing what you're doing and provide additional opportunities for learning, additional opportunities for community. Um, And so for those listening, um, this is not specific to email marketing, but go ahead and take this away from this podcast episode is to listen to what your customers are asking you for. And then look for a creative way that you can meet that need because you never know what might come up from that. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we've, we've hit the end of the road here, um, sadly, because I just love this conversation. And I love hearing about what you all are doing. Um, but is there anything else that you would like to share with um, our podcast listeners here that are fellow horse business owners um, about email marketing and how it actually could help them to build the business of their dreams? I think, yeah, there is. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> I think it's really um, a sign of the changing times. It used to be that we, as horse trainers and horse professionals, we kind of became known in the community and um, that your, your reputation was how you got business. Your word of mouth reputation was how you got business. And we used to have a publication here. I don't know if you guys have it, um, in the United States, but we in Canada have a publication called the horse trader and it's like auto trader, but it's for horses and people, my husband included would put an ad in the horse trader every month. And that was how you got your business. Mm -hmm. And that's no longer the way the world works. Now, when people are looking for a horse trainer in their area or they're looking for um, reining equipment or they're looking for riding lessons, they go to Google. The very first thing they do is go to um, their phone and they go to Google. So I think that the transition to building a website, building um, a social media presence, and then through there, it's, it's obviously a natural progression to have an email list where people can be um, getting in touch with you and, and looking forward to that contact in their inbox. So even if they are not looking to buy from you right now, but kind of building that rapport over email, I think. I think that's just the way that things are going. And uh, I think we're about to see a huge change in that. We're starting to see it already, but I think we're, we're starting to see a big change in how equine businesses operate because a lot of other businesses have already moved into that space. And 
the the horse businesses are maybe a little bit behind on a lot of the tech stuff, but I think that's the way it's going is um, is very much email and website and social media to some degree, but a lot of um, a lot of email lists and website stuff. And I think that there's so many ways that um, that can make our lives easier. Maybe it's a bit of extra work initially learning how to use them but for me to be able to send an email out with the clinic information and have it filled right away rather than trying to blast and share an event on Facebook over and over again and answer a whole bunch of questions to people um, it's so much easier for me to send it out in an email and then if people have questions for them to refer back to my website where all of those answers are there as opposed to somebody reaching out maybe even on Facebook and I'm in the barn and I don't get the message and they've already checked in with somebody else or two or three other people. I love that you said that it actually can make your life easier. Um, because again, I know that it can sound at first a little bit maybe intimidating or too complicated, or I just don't have time to do that um, for many horse business owners, but to know that it's worth the effort um, because on the other side, you're going to reap the results and it can actually make your life a little bit easier. Um, I think that's great. So before we leave, I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. So tell them where you're at, what's your website, what's your social media? Our website is Hayes Kofel. Hayes is H-A-Y-E-S and Kofel is C-O-F-E-L-L, performancehorses.ca. And you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram. On Facebook, we are Hayes Kofel Performance Horses. And on Instagram, we are Hayes Kofel PH. Awesome. Everybody, please go look them up and take a look at it. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Lindsay. I'm so grateful. Thanks for inviting me. Wasn't that so good? Lindsay is such a great example of what's possible when you decide to put some concentrated effort into marketing your business. So what about you? Are you walking away from this episode with one or two things you can apply in your horse business? I'd love to hear what they are. Jump into my free Facebook community, How to Market Your Horse Business, and let me know. You'll find the link to the How to Market Your Horse Business Facebook group on our show notes for this episode over on my website at stormlilymarketing.com slash two for episode number two. And while you're there, be sure you also grab my free website checklist, four must-haves to make your equine website dreams a reality. In the checklist, you'll discover what every great website needs to have broken down into four key segments, and I've included a sample of how other horse businesses are doing each one well so you can see what it looks like in real life. So head on over to stormlilymarketing.com slash checklist. And yes, the lily in Storm Lily has just one L. So stormlilymarketing.com slash checklist. Okay, friends, that is all I've got for you today. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, would you do me a huge favor? If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, there is a place there for you to leave a rating and review, and I would be so grateful if you would do that. And no matter where you're listening, will you tell your friends and your colleagues about the podcast so they can join us here too? 
As always, if you have any marketing questions that you'd like me to answer here on the podcast or someone you think I should interview on a future episode, head over to my website and I would love to hear from you. Last thing, remember that you can get notified when new episodes are available. All you have to do is click subscribe in your favorite podcast listening app, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of the other great players out there. You can also get on my email list and I'll send you a quick note each week just to let you know that a new episode is up. So head on over to stormlilymarketing.com and either get the free website checklist or sign up for podcast updates and I'll let you know when I have a new episode available. Okay, that's it for today. Have a wonderful day and I will see you right back here next week. Mm -hmm.